Hello, parents. Hello, teens. Talking about Wednesday, the TV show on Netflix. If you have not watched it yet, start watching. It is so much fun. It's an interesting twist on a character we all might know from our from our own childhood. And today we're talking about episodes five and six. The idea here is that you're listening to our podcasts and coming up with conversation pieces for talking to your own teenager. So maybe you're listening with your teenager, maybe they've already watched the TV series, and this is just a way for you to have an open conversation with your kid without a lot of personal drama tied into it, which sometimes comes into our parent-teenager conversations. Right, Nikki? <laughs> oh, I totally agree. And, you know, the more people I've spoken to about this, the more they tell me that they're actually watching shows with their kids, but they're totally not talking. So all of these great opportunities to get connected, which they're already connecting by spending some time together, and then to really communicate well, really understand each other, really know that you have each other. The more communication you have, the more trust that's built, the more somebody will stay home, not necessarily look for other ways in which to work on whatever they're working on, but able to work on it with you because you've grown that muscle of how to really listen and how to handle any feeling and how to be present and, and there for your young person in ways that I know my family couldn't be there for me. So we're, we're, we're going in uncharted territories here and it's going to be fun and it's going to be easy. And the other thing that I notice is that people are binge watching these shows. And so you guys get to do that because we've got seasons out there, seasons of never have I ever, which is so much fun seasons of gossip girl. And now we're going to have a season of Wednesday, which I think really could appeal to almost anybody. So depending on what you like, what you like to watch together, there is something for everybody here. That's true. This this Wednesday is interesting to, I think your 12 year old son. Yeah. It's not a gender basis thing. This is interesting to a 17 year old. These and the conversations, like you said, taking that opportunity to have what is already existing in our world and using it as a conversation starter, I think is the the best element that we can add in here because the more we're talking to our teenager, the more trust we're building. So let's talk about Wednesday Adams. What did you think of episode five, Nikki? loved episode five. And the one thing that spoke to me is because that was kind of the beginning of where you find out this understory where Gomez Adams actually is accused of murdering somebody and that there was a murder that was going to happen. And she felt like her parents were just this open book and realized that they weren't actually an open book. And I think that's so true of all of us, that we have these assumptions about what somebody's like, what their life is like, what they've been like growing up, how their life was. And we really often don't know exactly what happened. So the fact that she said, I thought my parents were an open book, but they aren't is really 
eye-opening to me, which really allows them to be much more human and maybe even more relatable to Wednesday. So when we see our parents or our kids as these humans that have had human experiences that sometimes are good and sometimes aren't, and definitely are not always understandable by us, then I think we could be much more forgiving and open. I don't know. What do you think about that, Angie? Oh, that's great. Yes, it is that that idea that Wednesday just had sort of decided her her mom wants to recreate Wednesday recreating every all the experiences that her mom had. Wednesday very much feels like my mom is trying to control me and set up my life so that I can be the exact same version of her, like a miniature version of her. And this was the first time Wednesday got to see maybe there are things in my mom's life that I don't know about. Maybe there are things in my dad's life that I don't know about. And and just that idea of concept of maybe everything I think is not com- the complete picture for Wednesday to realize that kind of opens it up to for her to be able to see maybe my mom has more compassion and caring for me than I'm giving her credit for. I mean, her parents absolutely seem to know who she is Mm -hmm. and they want to give her an opportunity to express who she is. They know that she loved the angst of whatever was going on. What did they say here? She, she had been hunted, almost killed. And she felt like that was the best part of her school. Like, do you believe that having an angsty experience as a team could necessarily be a good one. I think most of us somehow believe that that was the bane of our existence, that there was no way that we would almost never recover from it. But she seemed to really enjoy those aspects of it. Can we make those aspects of it be the growing, learning, evolving, fun part of our teenage years? It doesn't seem like I can, but I don't know. That's a possibility. Uh, Yeah, I mean, that's the unique perspective of Wednesday. Like she's here looking forward to the challenges, right? She's, she doesn't want to be the best student. She doesn't want to get all A's. She doesn't want to have a great friend group. She doesn't want to be the the best kid on the archery team. Like her version of success maybe would be running away from school or getting expelled or... Um, you know, kind of punishment is what she likes and being alone is what she likes. And when someone says something mean to her and implies that she's not fitting in, she's glad about that. She's always saying, thank goodness, because I wouldn't want to have a friend like you or be like you. So I think it is, it's a neat idea, that concept, like, what if your challenges were fun for you? What if you looked for each challenge as this is something I can take on, um, whether it be someone who's insulting you at school or whether it be, uh, you know, getting a detention or I don't know what, what happens in school these days. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you, but I don't think it's a bad idea to want our children to have some of the experiences that we really liked as our childhood or ways in which we felt 
connected. I know there was a camp that I really loved to go to that I was so hoping my kids would go to. Now, part of it is that I almost wanted to re-experience the place that I enjoyed so much and wanted to do it through them. And both of them didn't go, but I could see myself definitely wanting that. And also knowing that their experience would be different. So even though Morticia was pretty popular in that school and really good at things. She was never expecting Wednesday to do the same thing she did. She always knew that Wednesday had particular powers that were different than hers, that she was motivated by different types of things. I, I think her family knows her fairly well. Yeah. And then we could see that in that conversation when Morticia said we have the same power Wednesday, you and I both have telekinesis, but I have the uh, more positive version of this I think she called it a dove right and Wednesday's version is the darker side the she's raven. A raven yeah right she's expressing we have that similar connection and yours is different than mine and Morticia didn't say it in a way that one is better than the other she did say you have to be careful of the going to the dark side, right? It was the very like <laughs> Luke, the Luke and Darth Vader speech of if you're the force is strong with you and that's powerful. But when you're a raven, you experience the darker vision of the world. And it, she said, be careful um, because her vengeance pushed her too far, referring to the mentor kind of person here goody um right I I think that it could drive you to insanity was that something she said or it kind of makes oh, you maybe. go insane yeah. something like that that um, being while we're talking the- about moms I have to bring up this other piece of that I noticed when Enid was nervous she started talking to herself and Enid was scared and she was saying like, you're a doormat, Enid, you've, you, she was saying things that we kind of heard her parents say to Enid at the parent visit. And it's like, what is that voice in your head saying to you when you're alone? Do you say like, geez, you're such a doormat. You didn't, you didn't, you can't do anything right. Like, where are those ideas coming from? from and what do you say to yourself so when Enid started saying those things I just really heard her mom's voice in all of that and how we take on the things our parents say and sort of believe they're true about ourselves I I think that most of when we're critical of ourselves is usually a literal recording of either our family of origin or what's been said to us or within the culture or what's said about women or anything really that, that normally when we're born and when we start out, we are so pleased with ourselves. We love everything we do, everything experienced, nothing we would say would be that judgmental or critical. So anytime you have an internal critical voice, it's always a recording of something that you've internalized from elsewhere. All of us are just right. And we are born good cooperative, zestful, and then something throws us off. So I think that's always a key. And I was just thinking about this the other day, because 
we have that voice that follows us around so much. And that idea about that voice almost being like a bully. And if we had a bully that was following us around all day long, saying the things that that internal critic says to ourselves, we'd probably get a restraining order. Like it would be completely unmanageable. Yet we do that to ourselves all the time. So I don't know if I've ever told you before, but I do something called a high five habit, which um, writer Mel Robbins does. And basically every morning I go to the mirror and I high five myself because high fiving is the national symbol for people really supporting each other. It's been scientifically shown that if you're high fiving somebody, you can't be thinking anything badly about them. So I sit there in front of the mirror and I high five myself and I say all the things that I'm pleased about myself with. And I've been doing that for years. And honestly, I do not walk around saying horrible things about myself just generally, but it's taken a long time. That is awesome. Oh, I love that. Um, Yeah, I think, yeah, most of us, we, we aren't taught that. We aren't taught to wake up and high five ourselves and give ourselves credit for the the things that we accomplished in each day and just respect ourselves for that we just sort of overlook the good things that we've done and over focus on the negative thing <laughs> that's true I mean we've been we've been taught to do that you know that it's the negative things that are gonna that are gonna get us hurt or killed or whatever it is I mean I get why we do that but but it is really important at least to give equal time equal airtime to the things that are really good about us. And there's always things like if you're focusing on it, you will always find something. Yeah. I, yeah. I thought that relationship with Enid and her parents are really interesting. Like, you know, and so they're using it in the context of a werewolf, but I think that's true of any cultural expectation of a family or you know, what people want from, uh, from us or what their expectation is either religiously or how they behave or how they do in school or what kind of work they get or how they act or whatever it is. So I think we're all kind of, thinking about that and and having to decide what we're doing in in relation to what our families expect of us yes and sexuality I thought that when they when Enid's parents handed her the gift and she unwrapped it and it was brochures for conversion summer camps um and she was so offended and hurt and her mom said don't you just want to be normal as if the training at the summer camp could would make her be the quote-unquote right way that which is the way her parents are her brothers are they have some version of what they want to see happen in her life or happen for her and then they will be proud of her or that's amazing like the right wolfing ways so clearly that's not mainstream yet they feel like that's the mainstream expectation of a wolf so I love the way they put that into Wednesday like that people have expectations for their cultural whatever they believe whether it be the norm or not that's still the norm of the family so everything that we do really does rub off on each other that's for sure yeah and Wednesday has, we have all the parent dynamics. We have Bianca, who doesn't want to be like her parents, who they're part of some cult, maybe it sounds like, named Morning Song. And she wants to be different. We have 
is it Xavier's father is um, so famous that he seems to pay no attention to Xavier. Um, and then we have the sheriff and his son and Tyler says something like, dad, well, you could go to therapy with me. And the sheriff says, I don't have time for this. And, um, you know, we're just seeing a lot of different family dynamics. I like Wednesdays is almost the healthiest dynamic. Enid is friendly and thoughtful, but she's not in a thoughtful family really. Yeah, Enid definitely her, her dynamic is you're so right about all the different family dynamics going on there. Tyler's I think is interesting cuz Tyler really wants to keep working on something and his dad is evading and running away. He did finally ask him, "Did you love my mom? Did you love mom?" And it turns out he did. So clearly his father is hurting but still not talking about anything. So there's a, a deep hole going on there that's not being discussed or talked about. Right. And then it's interesting to see that like Wednesday's mom, who kind of appreciates who she is, I think really likes the person Wednesday is and her dad, who also adores who she is. Neither of them seems to be trying to change her and they just want to encourage her to be her. And Wednesday in her own way says, you were an adequate father, which is the most heartwarming thing for Gomez to hear because that's the most loving kind of comment that we get from Wednesday who doesn't say a lot of flowery, positive comments all the time. So we know that Wednesday appreciates her father for the things that he's taught her I didn't see Wednesday say I love you mom or any her version of that but that did that conversation did feel like there was some okayness to it it was more of an acceptance than resistance it, there was a real okayness with that they don't expect anything more from Wednesday in terms of her showing love in that way but she definitely acknowledged where he let her be independent and taught her things that were important to her he knew what was important to her and what she needed to know to be the best version of herself that she could be and she appreciated that it was actually a beautiful moment that she wasn't sitting in judgment as to whether he was a good enough father or not he was sitting in judgment of himself but she really was very sweet about it. And I thought it was sweet that she finally went to visit Eugene. It's interesting when we feel like we've done something wrong, do we have to disappear in some hole somewhere, not go and visit our friend in the hospital, somehow admit that we did something wrong? And I really love that his family, his mom told her that she was his best friend, that he loved her, that he really appreciated having a friend and that this was important. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good scene. And then and then again, we just see Wednesday in all her commitment to being an isolationist and not wanting to have friends. She just cares. She cares about Eugene. She cares about people. She feels guilt. She, um, you know, even if you don't want to, you have to really look at yourself and, and pay attention to 
what you appreciate about people and and recognizing when when you do kind of like someone and care about someone and what that means to you and what you want to do about it and then that brings up to um I wrote down this idea is it reckless to put your friends in jeopardy for what you want because then we have Wednesday fully focused on her mission to uncover this mystery and she is not afraid of anything she doesn't look at a dark a dark crypt and feel fearful and nervous she goes into things assuming that she's strong enough to get through them and figure it out and face whatever demons and monsters are there and when she brings her friends along because she needs them for one reason or another uh to drive her or <laughs> to to get access to um leave campus when she figures something out her friends feel used and like she jeopardized them i i definitely wrote that down do we have to lie in order to trick our friends to do the things we want them to do like searching at the gates house and I think that they would have appreciated much more if she told them the truth. And somebody might have come with her. I think Tyler would have come with her. He really likes being around her. Maybe Enid would have been scared, but she didn't necessarily need to be tricked. And especially tricked related to her birthday, that they wanted to celebrate her birthday. They're glad she was born. Actually, I think this school for Wednesday Adams was a really good choice because at least she's amongst a group of outcasts and she gets to figure out who she is within a group that's not trying to be so mainstream. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course, Nevermore is the perfect place for Wednesday, which is so funny because she doesn't see it and she's resistant. I I would completely watch a prequel of Wednesday at which she's in the 90210 high school and oh I would love that we should definitely make it if it's not happening already <laughs> guys we are going to make a prequel of this and it's going to be so much fun we'll have each episode for you guys we'll figure it out yeah she's got a couple of things that I really liked um Enid was mad about her putting in, her in jeopardy and so it, then she ended up leaving her she felt like like her friendship like that she that Wednesday wasn't actually keeping her friendship in high priority. And for somebody who had so much integrity, because she's willing to uncover the truth at any cost and not apologize, she said, I'll never apologize for trying to uncover the truth. And I think that's pretty amazing to live with that degree of integrity, but she's only uncovering the truths that she wants to uncover for whatever reason she wants to uncover them, but she wasn't willing to not put her friend's life in jeopardy, or maybe she didn't realize that her friends would be that upset because she would enjoy being put in jeopardy like that. Or if somebody took her along for a truth uncovering, that was somewhat dangerous. Right. Right. Did she not, she, and is that her weakness, not being able to see the other perspective, that recognizing the limitations of your friends and recognizing their level of comfort? And Enid said, I have tried so hard to be your friend. Enid 
is working at seeing the good side of Wednesday and the ways that they can connect. And Ina's really making that effort when she brings the birthday cake, it has the little figurine of death on it. Yes. <laughs> um, right. They're all like trying to work within Wednesday's like idea of what is fun for her. And they had her birthday party in a crypt at night. It, in a funny she made way. her a black snood. Yes. So Not a all of the, one. she's making that effort. And then Enid's feeling like Wednesday's not making the effort to see the good side of Enid. She's not making the effort to understand Enid's perspective. And she just said, Enid said, I'm leaving. You know, you want to be alone, be alone. And then we did kind of get the sense with Wednesday slumping and curling into a little ball to sit down, it felt like she really has to face being alone, which is something she's always said she wanted. She has she has requested to have her room to herself and not be with Enid and seems like she doesn't want a friend. And now that she has to think about it, not having Tyler and not having Enid to rely on and Eugene really in the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. I completely, I love what you just said before that that is probably Wednesday's shortcoming or the thing that she needs to figure out or work on is how to think about other people mm-hmm. or how to think from their perspective. Yeah. I think you're totally right. There, there's always something that we get to think about. And I really like to put it in the perspective of that we get to think about it because sometimes people feel like it's too hard or I don't want to, but we're all growing and we're all evolving and we're all going after the things we want and we're all trying to live our own truth and our own integrity. And so we get to work on these things that are our little sticking points, our little prickly areas. And I think if we can embrace those particular things, then we can really have great conversations. We could grow really well and we could kind of evolve into the kind of person with the kind of life that we can envision. I think we do get to, I think you're right. It's not have to, if Wednesday decided never to change anything and she was never going to learn to see things from another people person's perspective, she could grow to be 97 and live her life and it wouldn't be the end of the world. She wouldn't have a lot of close relationships, but I think you're right for all of us. We get, we can grow up and become jerks and live that life until we're 97, but we can also look at the areas which we might need to improve when other people are telling us you have a problem with being self-centered or you have a problem with being jealous whatever is coming up in our life again and again we might want to just take a closer look at that and see if there is something that we can learn there or improve on I love that I think that's a great place to to put a little pause or a check mark here (laughs) what do you think Angie yes yes Good discussion. Was there anything else you wanted to talk about or? No, no, it's a fun show. I like, I just like um, considering all the characters in this way. Even if you've already watched Wednesday, 
kind of, you can like turn on an episode and rewatch with the focus on the emotional well-being of the characters and it it just adds a whole nother layer to what's happening here absolutely I think that there's a a depth that you can go into here that I think is so relatable for us as families and what it is we're trying to get through and learn and grow with so I I love this show I'm so glad that we're watching it and I'm so excited to have everybody come along for this ride with us and with each other and just have these wonderful conversations. Yeah. Thanks everyone for being here. Hopefully you're having some great conversations with your kids about all of this too. Seeing what they Absolutely. And just check the show notes because we put some questions there and then you'll have the links to the fun books for the other episodes, as well as the ability to get in touch with, me and with Angie, if you really want to figure this out, sometimes it might be more helpful to visit with us one-on-one and we could definitely work that out. All right, everybody. We love you. Bye. If you want to really learn how to have the most meaningful, fun, connected conversations with your teenagers, get in touch with us and see if it makes sense to work together. You will stop future generational trauma, as well as really decrease the incidence of high-risk behaviors just by your strong and close connections. All right, speak to you soon.